You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Aaron Hawksworth, PJ Glasser with you this Monday morning. Time now to welcome in Eric Haslam of HaslamMetrics.com. It's an awesome website. Can't wait to tell you more about it. Eric, I want to talk big picture with you, but before that, let's talk about this Kansas-TCU game. Kansas, one-and-a-half-point underdogs at TCU. Do you think this hobbled Jayhawks team can pull off a revenge victory at TCU. Um, boy, I mean, I can't put anything past him anymore. I really thought uh, that that Baylor was going to be in the driver's seat in that game against Kansas, and I, you know, I even tweeted something about it. I have the kiss of death, as the, as you as people know me on Twitter. I made a commentary about how dominant Baylor was, and then I even said in parentheses at the very end, I said, "Now they're in trouble. Now they're dead," because I just said this. And sure enough, I mean, when that Kansas team gets going. It's, it's really hard to stop them. But, you know, you don't always see that Kansas team. It was a tale of two halves in that game against Baylor. Um, you know, all of a sudden they turned it on. Can they do that again tonight on the road at Texas Christian? Hard to say. Um, you know, um, Texas Christian is a completely different team with Miles. You get him back healthy, and all of a sudden, what, did they flip and flip the switch and hit 100 points in their last game against them? I want to say it was Oklahoma State. Um, that, that spread feels about right to me, right the, the, the raw numbers that we have on our website is a, is close to a pick It's Texas Christian by about maybe a half a point. Um, you're talking half, one and a half in Vegas. That probably makes up for the Miles injury. Um, I, I, it, you know, again, I, I feel like I'm snake bitten with Kansas. I'm going to lean Texas Christian on this one just because of the home court advantage. You saw what happened yeah. with having Miles back. Miles is one of those guys as a game changer. Um, and I think of a player like Ryan Kalkbrenner for, for Creighton earlier this year. I think of Javon Carter years ago for West Virginia. When when you lose certain t- players on a team, they just don't perform up to a, the expected level. And I think Miles may have that impact where if he's not there, that team falls apart. But when he's there, they're a completely different ball club. Yeah, Eric, to your point, when Miles plays, TCU's 15-3 and three this season. When he doesn't, they're 3-6. Yeah. and six. So, obviously important to that team. When you look at the Big 12, big picture, we know it's the best league in college basketball. But we've seen this the past couple of years. I feel like it always seems to be the Big 10. Very top-heavy, deep league. And then they get into the tournament, and they, they underproduce a little bit. Do you think that could be the case with the Big 12 this year? Like, are there going to be not as many teams that people think could go far into the tournament? You know, I, you know, that's easy to say. I mean, there's obviously going to be more teams for there's going to be obviously greater chance for elimination. 
I don't see that because I think the Big 12 is far and away. I, I Every so often I release my conference rankings, and then you see the Big 12 at the top. And you're, what I do is I kind of break down everything into segments. So you look at the top five teams, the middle five teams, and the bottom five teams, and you kind of average those out. The Big 12 is so far ahead of everybody else, it's ridiculous. Um, with, with the Big 10 in the past, it never was quite the case like that. Um, they were, it was kind of jumbled in there, but they were maybe a top two, top three conference. The big 12 has routinely been number one for me. I expect them to do well. And, you know, talking about the big 10, the big 10 has struggled in the past. It feels to me like maybe this will be the year the big 10 makes a run. And the only reason I say that is because nobody expects it. It, This is the one year the big 10 is kind of down and nobody is going to, you know, the, they're saying, well, now the Big Ten's going to fall on their face because this is their, their their biggest down year in probably five, six years. Maybe this is the year they turn it around. I love to hear it. So which teams out of the Big Ten do you have higher expectations and who might you be looking to fade come March? Well, well it's not going to be Ohio State, I can tell you that, at this point in the game, the way they've been playing. Oh, my God, how bad have they been? <laughs> they are um, so bad. You know, you know, I'm going to fade. I'm going to fade Indiana. Um, I, that's one of the teams that I saw. It's, <laughs> there you go. No, uh, someone on our show is a big Indiana fan. It's not me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I have to fade Indiana. In my opinion, I think Indiana was overseeded in the in the bracket reveal. I think they were closer to the middle of or the the five line. In my opinion. Uh, or bottom of the five line than the top of the four. I could see if they would have gotten in the top 16 reveal as the number 16 overall seed. That would have made sense to me, but they got the 13 overall seed. I just don't think that Indiana is is that good of a, of a basketball team at this point. Trace Jackson Davis, don't get me wrong, fantastic player. Um, you know, it's they have a lot going for them, but I, I think that's a team that I would probably fade. Um, I also have that, you know, I still remember that game last year against St. Mary's in the tournament. That's just always lingers and I remember how badly they got beaten in that game if you're looking at a team that might surprise um from the Big Ten uh assuming they get in maybe a Wisconsin can actually do something maybe a Rutgers they're both kind of on the fringe but you've seen this in the past where you see some of these teams that have to get into a playing game they get that extra game and all of a sudden it seems like they I, I, I'm not a big fan of saying rhythm or, or momentum because they get an extra game, but for whatever reason, the intangible reason, those teams that do the playing games oftentimes start getting on a roll a little bit earlier than everybody else. So if you're looking at a team right now who's probably right on that fringe, who might get in the tournament or might not, you're talking about Rutgers, you're talking about Wisconsin, uh, probably more likely Rutgers than Wisconsin. But that was kind of a, a big loss for Wisconsin this weekend. They needed that home. They needed to hold serve in the Cole Center this weekend. They failed to do that. Rutgers got that win, and now Rutgers has got the nod over Wisconsin in that head-to-head. Eric, another team that had a tough loss this weekend was North Carolina. They're now 0-9 in quad one games after that loss to NC State. This is historical stuff we're seeing. North Carolina was the AP number one preseason team, and now they're in danger of not making the NCAA tournament. Do you think it's officially time to panic in Chapel Hill? Like, are the Tar Heels in real trouble? Yes. Yes, they are. It's um, it's it's deja vu to a certain degree. Last year, we were talking about the same thing in early February about North Carolina and the fact that they could not acquire any quad one wins. But if you go back and look at my rankings a year ago and you look at the situation that North Carolina was in a year ago, it was they were in a far better situation than they are now. I mean, they were they were in a, it was something like zero and seven, zero and eight versus quad one a year ago. But at least 
they were close to like my top 25 right now. They're number 47 for me in the predictive rankings. Um, it's, it, it, you know, I can't explain it. You know, they, they have such a high ceiling. I think everybody saw what North Carolina was last year. Then all of a sudden they go on an unexplainable run in the NCAA tournament where they win five games. Um, that was a team that I wasn't going to touch in the NCAA tournament. Um, strictly because I think they were bottom five in Division One in consistency. They have a consistency rating on my website. They were so inconsistent. I'm like, well, they might put together one great game, and then they're going to flop. And so I, I stayed away from them. They proved me wrong. They went all the way to the Final Four. They went to the championship game. Um, and then people kind of looked at that and said, well, that's the North Carolina team that we're going to see going forward. And obviously that has not been the case. They've, they've regressed back to their mean or their norm from last year. It doesn't matter how much individualistic talent you have. If you can't put it all together on the court as a team element, you can't succeed in Division One. What are you expecting out of St. Mary's? And and maybe this is two-part. You know, the whole argument like, oh, if you don't play in a strong conference, it's going to be so tough for you come tournament time. <clears throat> Do you, you know, are you higher on St. Mary's or is that a squad that you're looking to fade? I'm looking to fade. Um, and it kind of goes against what my site is saying because they're a top 10 team. And that's what you're going to find in a lot of the analytics sites this year is that that St. Mary's is going to be a top 10 team. And people who watch St. Mary's, and I make the joke time and time again, if you look at St. Mary's, you expect their jersey to say something Dakota State. Um, they look like a team straight out of the Summit or the MAC. Um, it's, it, it's, it, they, they don't, but again, you know, I think Randy Bennett gets the most out of his players. I think, um, you know, I think they've really delivered. There was the expectations were not there for St. Mary's this year. They do have that great defense, which keeps them in games. They're fourth in defensive efficiency for me, but offensively, well, a couple things. Offensively, they're 49th in offensive efficiency. That you need to do better than that to get to the Final Four. You need to be a top 10 team in offensive efficiency. The other thing is, I think St. Mary's has, for the large large part of their season, played up to their expectations to the very ceiling of what was expected of them. And you saw what happened with North Carolina last year. If you have the talent, all of a sudden, if it comes together, you're going you're gonna to take a take apart a team like St. Mary's because St. Mary's just doesn't have the talent. So I think of a team this year like Kentucky or Arkansas. Arkansas is a great example of a team that I how they're sitting on where they're sitting right now in the bracketology kind of makes me scratch my head because on paper, they're so much better. Now, if Arkansas brings it together and they play St. Mary's and Arkansas plays to their potential, Arkansas wins that game going away, in my opinion. Talking with Eric Haslam here, owner of the NCAA hoop site, HaslamMetrics.com. Eric, everybody wants to know who the mid-major is going to be that's going to bust brackets, right? Who that 12, 13, 14 seed is going to be. So who's a team that people might not know right now but you think could pull an upset, might even make the second weekend in the tournament this year? Well, I think we're going to start with Oral Roberts out of the Summit League. You know, the Summit League team always seems to be a popular team that people pick. Their I mean, Oral Roberts is no mystery to anybody anymore after what they did to Ohio State a couple years ago. They're 25-4. and four. They're a top 25 uh, offense. That's a team you want to keep an eye out. I know a lot of people have been talking about Charleston throughout this season. Um, they're, I don't know if they're going to, how much of a dent they're going to make. Their record looks pretty shiny, 26 and three, uh, but nothing really stands out about them on the offensive end or the defensive end. Some people have been bringing up Drake to me out of the Missouri Valley. That's another team that I'm kind of, eh, I don't know. You know, they, they have, they have nice balance. They are good across the board, but there's nothing elite about their team. They're 23 and six. 
And then I know another one that's going to be a darling for a lot of people is going to be Kent State out of the Mid-American Conference, assuming they can get the auto bid. Um, Their defense is what keeps them in games, very similar to what I talked about with St. Mary's, where Kent State is 21st in, in defensive efficiency. But as is the case with these great defensive teams a lot of the times, that leaves them so, you know, sorely lacking something on the offensive end. Same thing with, uh, with Kent State. They're 151st in offensive efficiency. Makes it really tough to win games against elite teams with, with a ranking like that. Another team that seems to struggle offensively that's a top team, Tennessee. Is that a team yeah. you might also look to fade? Because Rick Barnes' teams don't seem to do well in the tournament either. Yeah. And that's why it's kind of like, you know, I think of when you're thinking of snake bitten in the tournament, I, you think Rick Barnes and you think Matt Painter to a certain degree. Now, granted, <laughs> Matt Painter's had a little bit more uh, success. Um, that's why I like teasing Purdue fans because, you know, I'm always like, oh, you're going to the final four. It's a lock. And they're so superstitious. I have to, I have to tease them a little bit. So I always, I, always I have Purdue that, futures. It's, it's my first time <laughs> being all in on Purdue. So I haven't had my heart broken yet. <laughs> well, if they can't do it this year, I don't know when they're going to do it. I mean, come on. I, but, you know, I look and I see Tennessee with Rick Barnes. Yes, he really is snake bin. He just cannot get a win. And it's, again, it comes back to the whole thing. Like I've, I've said in the past, if you want to succeed in March, you got to be top 10 in offensive efficiency, probably top 30, top 35 in defensive efficiency. Obviously, defense is no problem for Tennessee, but 40th in offensive efficiency is not going to get it done. You saw evidence of that. With Kentucky, they scored 54 points in that game. You've seen it before. Was struggling at Vanderbilt, where they scored 65 points. Um, it's it's the offense just tends to go to sleep for large portions of games. That's always going to be the Achilles heel. It's always been the Achilles feel, heel for for Tennessee. And this version of the team doesn't look much different than the past few versions of the team. Yeah, they do struggle to score, but their defense is really, really good. good. Eric, I want to ask you about the Big East because the top five teams in the Big East are really, really good. All the metrics still like UConn is the best team out of that conference. But if you had to trust either Marquette, Xavier, Providence, Creighton, or UConn, if you had to trust one of those five to make a deep tournament run, would it be UConn or would it be somebody else? It's going to be UConn. Um, I, I re- I, my, my eye test has a thing for Creighton. I've always had a thing for Creighton. I like Creighton, uh, but Creighton does not have that fingerprint that you're looking for. I mean, they're balanced. They're 20, 23rd on offense, number 10 on defense. That's great. I, like I said, I want to see top 10 um, on offense. That That is the key to really being successful in, in March. Um, and that's kind of what UConn has. They're just outside that right now. They were in that for the last few weeks. They're now number 11 in offensive efficiency, number 19 in defensive efficiency. Um, because of that fingerprint, that's what I like about them. They really, they're starting to play back to the level that they were playing back in December. Um, I, you remember they, they really blew everything out of the water, the expectations out of the water early in the season. They rose to number one in the analytics, and then all of a sudden they hit a rough point um, in late December and early January, where all of a sudden they, they, I think they had something like seven out of eight games. They had negative game efficiency ratings at my website. Um, now all of a sudden it's much more balanced. You're starting to see there's, there's some bad ones, but it's, it's a it's a good mix of 50-50. That's what you want to see when you're 50-50 in the game efficiency ratings. That means you're playing about at the level where you're ranked. They are ranked for me number what is it number six in the country right now. They feel like the team to beat in the Big East. Obviously, like I said, I like Creighton. I think Marquette has a lot of things going for them. I think they have a great offense, which is what you need in March. But UConn's going to be my pick. Ooh. 
All right, UConn, Marquette, <laughs> Creighton, he's high on all of those teams. This is Eric Haslam of HaslamMetrics.com, wealth of information. Be sure to check out his website, make a donation. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. We go off the board next.